the gospel or actually the Christmas story of the Apostle Paul. He wrote a Christmas story too. Did you know that? You know, we have the Christmas story in Luke. And that's known as and children in, a, um, in school, in our uh, Christian education in school. We had to almost learn it by heart, the whole thing that was in Germany then. And uh, now I thought I'm going to speak this morning on the Christmas story of the Apostle Paul. He wrote also something about it. Did you know that? Yeah? Yes? You can believe me. He wrote about the Christmas story. And where do we find it? We find it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And by the way, it's very interesting. The Bible in New Testament, we have got many 316 uh, scriptures. Did you know that? Yes? John 3.16 is For God so loved the world. Luke 3.16 is what? Yes? Luke 3.16. John baptized you in water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Interesting. All 316 uh, scriptures. Now, and I want to read the Christmas story according to the Apostle Paul. We read it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 again. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. And now listen to what he is saying. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in the world, taken up in glory. Hallelujah. That's Paul's Christmas story. Can we agree? Yes, and I must say that was what I want to speak this morning on. Great is the mystery. Great is the mystery. And it says here, he who was brought into the flesh, or actually who came into the flesh. Now today people always speak about Christmas uh, magic things. And I don't find any magic things in the Bible. In the F Bible we find facts. Hallelujah. Although it might be that we don't understand the facts, it doesn't matter that the facts don't exist. The facts do exist, and one fact is for sure. He who was revealed in the flesh. Actually, it's impossible. The Bible teaches very clearly, God is spirit. And those who want to worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Nothing here in magic. Hallelujah. And I'm... Uh, very anti-magical man. I don't like these magic stuffs, you know. And so, now when the Christmas story according to Luke 
was read in the company where I was invited to, and I asked, which is the most important word in Luke chapter 2, verse 11? What was it? Do you read the Bible sometimes, Peter? Oh, I got it. A Savior was born. Hallelujah. Forget about this magic. A child was born. A child was born. It makes uh, songs about it and all such stuff. But a Savior has been born. Hallelujah. And that's so important. And I pointed out, but none of the workers there, um, although the story was being read by somebody, um, realized it, you know. We think it's just everything is just a wonderful Christmas and so on. But in fact, a Savior was born. That means this Savior is going to save us and must save us. Without this Savior, no one goes to heaven. No one will have eternal life. That's why we must point out the things which are important. Now today, everybody speaks about magic and stuff like that. And uh, the Apostle Paul, he was a highly educated rabbi. And he didn't come down to that garbage of magic, no. He spoke and said very clearly, as we read, by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. And I want to speak about the mystery of godliness. And Paul pointed out very clearly, Revealed in the flesh. How can God, who is spirit, reveal himself in the flesh? It's only that what happened at Christmas through a um, handmaiden Mary. And when, she was an, uh, when it was announced to her that she will be with a child, and she had a question, how can that happen? Because I'm a virgin. And she was very clear. How can it happen? And the angel Gabriel gave her a very clear explanation. The Spirit of God and the Most High will come and overshadow you. And that what is being born within you will be called what? The Son of God. The Son of God. I know there are many funny pastors. They say, oh, Jesus was also being born out of wedlock. And that, by this they want to excuse if these things happening in the world. No, Jesus was born by the will of God. And very clear, we see here what the Bible says. Now being uh, revealed in the flesh, from early Christianity on, we understand this. This was perhaps a verse of a Christian hymn book. Many scholars say it could have been this, how the words have been set here. It could have been a verse of a Christian, early Christian hymn book. They did sing in the early church. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's why we must sing too. They were praising God in the early church, weren't they? We must praise the Lord too. Hallelujah. 
And if you haven't got a praise on your heart, get it now and say, Lord, I want to praise you. Hallelujah. Oh, come, let us adore you. If it would stop now preaching, you have so many reasons to kneel down or lift up your hands and say, we adore you, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Come into the flesh. And we read it clearly, God revealed in the flesh. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and of truth. That's what John said very clearly. The thing Jesus come into the world has nothing to do with magic. It has to do with grace and truth. Hallelujah. It is true what the Bible says. Jesus is then also fully God. Now, we know the Greek, uh, you know, mythology, they have pictures of half God and half men. Jesus was not half God nor half man. He was fully God. Amen? And fully man, he experienced as a man the same thing you experience. And it's very important. Jesus revealed as fully God. And that's why when you preach or when you speak to Jesus or pray to Jesus, you are speaking to God. Did you know that? You are speaking to God. He is fully God and fully man. And the Apostle Paul, he speaks a little bit further about the Christmas story. Vindicated in the spirit, not only being revealed in the flesh, but also vindicated in the spirit. And we have a scripture very clearly in Romans chapter 1, the verses 3 to 4. Concerning his son, the Apostle Paul is writing here to the Romans, Concerning his son, who was born of the descendant of David, according to the flesh. So Jesus has also a fleshly genealogy. According to David, because David is a wonderful picture of Jesus. And that's why, we read it in the New Testament, whenever people came and applied to Jesus what was often their way to apply? Jesus what? Son of God? Son of David. They knew Jesus has got also a fleshly or carnal, carnal in that way that he became a man. Geology. And he said, and they said, Jesus to your son of David, have mercy on me. But one thing we read more, and that's what the Apostle Paul explained very clearly in Romans chapter four, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I'm going to go back on verse 3. 
concerning his son, who was born as a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God, hallelujah, with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of what? The spirit of what? Holiness. And that means the spirit of, or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was vindicating Jesus, not just as a man. And people like to talk about Jesus. Ah, oh, he was also just a man. Of course he was a man. The Bible says this clearly. Because he knew every phase of a man. He knew what it means to be hungry. He knew what it means to be tired. That's why it's not bad if you go early to bed and being or have enough sleep to come on Sunday morning that we are awakened. Hallelujah. I went not too late last night to bed. I said to my wife, I have to go to bed because I have to preach this morning. I want to be awakened when I preach. So if I fall asleep, what about you then? What? It was a nice, would be a nice sleeping room here then, you know? No, Jesus was fully man as well. And we read it clearly, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet Yet without what? What does it say up there? Yet without sin. Hallelujah. Jesus was tempted in every situation. And I tell you what, if you ever, ever have met Satan in your life, he knows always a trick to get you down. Always. And he tried every trick with Jesus. But the Bible says he was tempted in all things but Without sin, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior. I remember years ago when I went with our dear brother James Anil into the city and there were Muslims and so I talked to one of the Muslim people there and they wanted to tell about um, Allah and Muhammad and so on. And I said, listen, I've got a question. Did Muhammad sin? Yes, they said. But Jesus never sinned. And guess whom I want to follow? I'd rather follow the one who has no sin. Amen? Otherwise, I would fall with the sinner, Muhammad, in the same hell. But with Jesus, if I follow Jesus, I will end up in heaven where he is. Because he said, where I am, there you shall also be. Amen? Is it... Is it right to follow Jesus? Amen. And I will follow Jesus as long as the Lord gives me strength. Seen by the angels. Angels were ministering to Jesus. That's so important. I experienced an angel. You remember about six years ago, I laid dead on the footpath in uh, Wonga Park. And an angel came. 
Yes. An angel came and he woke me up. An angel who studied uh, medicine and uh, he also was an anesthetist and he knew what to do. I was dead. My wife was there as well. She took my feet, put them together, and they said, we shall, must do something to me. So you do what you want to do. I do what I want to do. She took my feet and prayed. She said, Lord, I thank you for my husband, Werner. And if this is the hour you want to take him, take him. But if you can leave him for me a little bit longer, whatever, how long did you pray for Ella? <laughs> if you can keep him longer, I will thank you for that. Yeah. And it's over six years ago. Am I at that person in front of you? No. God made me alive. And angels are ministering spirits sent out by God to minister to those who have been chosen for salvation or have been brought to salvation. Hallelujah. Now Jesus, he was also seen by the angels. When we started reading this story in Luke chapter 12 in Bethlehem's fields, and there were the angels that were singing hallelujah. They were praising God for this child that was born without magic, amen? For this child that was born. A Savior has been born, hallelujah. And I could imagine it was wonderful. The whole heaven was filled with glory of God. And the host of angels were singing and praising God. Now, angels, and that's what Paul says here also. I don't want to preach out the whole thing. It would be too long. I might get too many ideas what I could put in, and you're missing out of your wonderful Christmas pudding or whatever. No, I, I want to preach about, and this is the last point, seen by angels. Angels were ministering to Jesus, if you go back in first chapter of Hebrews, there you see Jesus Christ especially being distinguished from any angel. And we read there, to whom of the angel did he say, you are my beloved son? To whom? None of them. But they have seen Jesus. They have seen him. And they minister to Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, verse 13. And he was in the wilderness, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast. If you want to go for fasting, don't go into this area. To be amongst wild beasts. That's where Jesus was. And... And angels were ministering to him. Hallelujah. Although he was hungry, we read it after 40 days, he was fasting and praying. He was hungry. 
and Satan straight away has something to eat for him. Oh, he, if you're God's son, he assumes you, you speak a word and you can change and, and make them into something, into bread or McDonald's, I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't be McDonald's, no. But, but Jesus said, no, man does not live by bread alone, no McDonald's but by each word that comes out of the mouth of God. And Jesus ate the word of God that came out of the mouth. And we read a little description from Israel when they were in the wilderness. What did they eat? Manna, it says here. And somewhere in the Psalms it says he fed them with angel's bread. You know what angel's bread is? Something that God gives. And I believe Jesus was eating angel's bread. The angels ministered to him. And that's so wonderful. Now Jesus, he, ministered, he was ministered to in the Garden Gethsemane too. He was praying. And in, in this battle, he fought and prayed that even blood were dropping from his face, from his uh, forehead, like sweat drops. And I've heard that is the last stage any person could withstand of pain and agony. When this happened to you, then you know you're, you're short before heaven. Yes? When it happens to you that you will sweat blood from your, blood from your forehead. And we read then, and an angel came and strengthened him. In Luke chapter 22, verse 43. What do we read here? Now an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, he was fully exhausted because he knew what happened to him. He is going to drink and say yes to all the cups the Father showed him, if possible. And he tried to plead with the Father, if it's possible, let the cup been taken away from me, but not mine, but thine will. This is a breakthrough in our lives, amen? When we can say, Lord, not my, but thy way, or thine way, then we break through. So he was ministered by angels. Hallelujah. And this is my preaching this morning. But I want to ch challenge you to do something. Can we all stand up? Sister Piano, would you come, please? Yes. Let's all stand. If you haven't never lifted up your hand, do it this morning. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, he is worthy to be adored. Amen.